Welcome to our podcast for College Catholics. I am your host, Father Patrick Wainwright. In today's episode, I will discuss how, as Catholics, our faith centers around the belief in the existence of only one God. We will address some of his characteristics, some of which we could know through reason alone, but they were also positively revealed by him. For example, that he is, that he is infinite, all-powerful, and creator of all things. We will also look at the consequences of this belief, particularly how we owe him worship and obedience, and we should depend completely on his divine providence. So the creed starts with that clear profession of faith, that we believe in one God, the Creator. This is at the beginning because it is the most fundamental truth which we have to adhere with all our minds and our hearts. All the other articles of faith depend on this one, and they are a kind of development of this truth, that God is, and He is perfectly and infinitely. Just as all the other nine commandments are a development of the first one, that you shall love the Lord your God above all things, so too all the other truths of our faith flow from this first one, that God is, that He is the Creator, and that He is one God in three persons. God is at the center of our faith. In fact, He is at the center of everything, whether we believe in Him or not. He is the source of all being, the source of all truth, of all life, of all love, of all beauty. And actually, He is the purpose of everything that exists. So, in this first article of faith, we are stating several things. things. First of all, that we believe that God exists, or better still, that God is. And while it is perfectly fine to say God exists, by saying that God is, we want to make a point. All created, all the created world exists due to the fact that God brought those things into being. So they owe their being to God. Everything that is not God has been created, given its being, made by God. At one point in time, all the created things were not, and now they are. They are, but they could not have been. Moreover, they are now, but they might cease to be at some point in the future. On the other hand, God does not owe his being to anyone. He possesses his own being. He is his own being. He is necessarily and forever. In this sense, we must firmly believe that he is the only necessary being. Necessary, that is, he is and he cannot possibly not be. He has been forever. He is perfectly in the present. And he will be for all the future eternity. As the Compendium of the Catechism of the Catholic Church says in number 39, since creatures have received everything they are and have from God, only God in himself is the fullness of being and of every perfection. God is he who is without origin and without end. So we also state that we believe in one only God, 
there are no gods apart from him. To make it clear, there are only two types of beings in existence. God, who is the source of all being, and everything else. Things that have received their being from God. So there are two groups two groups of things we could say. God, on the one hand, and everything else. So it is important for you to grasp truly and embrace this, this truth. Because we live in a society that is increasingly embracing the possibility of accepting the existence of several gods. Another uh, way of or tendency of today is to believe that there are two gods. One god that is good, the source of all spiritual things, of all that is true, that is light and good, and the other that is an evil god, the origin that is everything material, false, darkness, and evil. And these two gods, according to certain theories, seem to be in a sort of struggle, permanent struggle against each other. This is a sort of re-edition of the Manichaean religion that had originated in the third century after Christ. Unfortunately, what we tend to miss is that if we say that there's a plurality of gods, two or more gods, we are indeed implicitly accepting that none of them is truly God, because none of them is perfectly and necessarily and forever. So, uh, to move along, in this first article, we also state that God is the creator of heaven and earth, that is, the creator of everything, material and spiritual. That is, everything that there is. Everything that has matter as its essential component and everything that is spiritual. Things we cannot see or perceive with our senses, touch, sight, hearing, and so forth. So God is the creator of everything that there is. The world, the galaxies, the stars, the mountains, the animals, human beings. But also he is the creator of our spiritual soul and of all the spiritual beings, what we call the angels. He is even the creator of that angel, which we call Lucifer, who by his evil choices, by his rebellion against God, is now evil and corrupt in his nature, and we call him the devil. So yes, God created the devil, but not as an evil being. He created him to be good and eternally with God, but through his choices, the, de the devil became evil and opposed to God. Now, another a uh, fact of the creation is that God has created freely. That is, God's creation is the fruit of a free, deliberate act of God, which he chose to do, but he could have perfectly well not have done. So there was a well-known philosopher called Leibniz who put a famous question, why is there something rather than nothing? And the proper answer to that question is, because there is a greater necessary being, infinite and all-powerful, who deliberately chose to create this world out of love. Therefore, the, the world, we know, has not emanated from God as from some kind of necessity or overflowing of the divinity. Otherwise, we, then the entire world, would be part of that God. This emanation theory might seem far-fetched to you and to me, but it was very popular in the times of St. Augustine 
around the 4th century AD. And it is still believed to be popular in many circles in the world today. Finally, by saying that God created the world freely, we rule out the position that the world could come from some sort of blind chance, which is a theory held by many today, scientists included, but that seems to be less rational, in my opinion at least, than believing in creation, creation by a god. So, finally, in this first article, we also profess that God created everything that is, both material and spiritual things, from nothing, as we say in Latin, ex nihilo, which means without any pre-existing matter. As the Catechism teaches in number 296, we believe that God needs no pre-existing thing or any help in order to create, nor is creation any sort of necessary emanation from the divine substance, because God creates freely out of nothing. So, in spite of the fact that the symbolic language in the book of Genesis, chapter 1, verse 2, seems to imply that there was some sort of matter before God created the world, sacred scripture bears witness to God's creation out of nothing as a clear and revealed truth. I'm always uh, moved to hear the witness of that heroic mother, mother of seven sons in the book of Maccabees, actually the second book of Maccabees, who encourages his, her children, her seven sons, to remain firm in their faith in the face of torture and death, knowing that their fidelity will be crowned with their future resurrection. She encouraged them, saying to them, when, when they were about to be dismembered and tortured, the following, I do not know how you came into my womb. It was not I who gave you life and breath. Look at the heaven and the earth and see everything that is in them and recognize that God did not make them out of things that existed. Thus, also mankind comes into being. And you can read this in the, book of, in the second book of Maccabees, chapter 7, verses 21 and 28. Moreover, not only does he, God, create out of nothing at the beginning, but he also continues to maintain all things in their being. He is constantly creating everything, so to speak. He constantly maintains everything in the palm of his hands. This has always been, at least to me, a mo most consoling truth, something good to remember frequently that God is always keeping us in being by a conscious, continuous, creational act of his almighty power. So I am here today because he wants me to be here. You exist today because God is keeping you in your being and therefore he loves you and he is creating you at this very moment and every moment. Besides, he not only gives you your being, but also your capacity to act, to breathe, to think. And he does the same with all the world around you. And he leads all the different things in the world powerfully and still in a gentle way, so that we may live virtuously here and one day be with him forever in heaven. Now, 
because they are very clear, uh, this is a very clear uh, belief in one God, one sometimes might be tempted to think that this goes against the belief in the Holy Trinity. However, we do state both things, that there is only one God, but that there are three persons. And this is not a contradiction. It is indeed a mystery which we cannot explain rationally. But now there is, there is no contradiction because we're not saying one God and three gods. We, said instead, we say instead one God and three persons. The oneness is in the divinity, the substance and the nature. The trinity is in the persons. However, uh, we will leave this consideration of the Holy Trinity for an upcoming episode, probably in two episodes from this one. Oh, and um, by the way, next Friday's episode, in, uh, in that episode I will be interviewing Jennifer Fulweiler, a Catholic comedian, writer, podcaster, and mother of six, who was an atheist and converted to Catholicism. She will talk about the process of her conversion and share some of her um, life experiences. So, but now let us go back to some of the, today's article of faith to see some final conclusions. So, because God is perfect in his being and he is infinite and necessary, he is truth, he is goodness, he is love, and he is beauty in an infinite degree. He is therefore the source of all truth, of all life, of love, beauty, and goodness. So today's uh, discussion might seem to you a little bit theoretical, and it is to some extent theoretical, but it should have many consequences for your daily life, as it had in the life of St. Teresa of Avila. In her autobiography, she shares how at one point in her life, she was able to see God present in all things. Present because he is creating them, maintaining them in their being, knowing at all times what is happening with everything in the world, and knowing what is happening in your life as well. And not only the external aspect of your life, but as a loving father, he knows also what's going on in your heart, in your interior life, your thoughts, your desires, your feelings. As St. Augustine said in his Confessions, that he God, he is more interior than your own interiority. And you can find that in the book of the, uh, com- his Confessions, chapter 3. So this should help your contemplation of the divine being, as it were, present in all things. Whenever you see something that is true, or something that is beautiful, or a beautiful landscape, or something that is good in some degree, you should be reminded that all that is, is a dim reflection of the infinite truth, the infinite beauty, goodness, and love that is present in Almighty God. So, and also this should also help you be more confident in God's presence presence and help in your life. To finalize, let us look at some consequences of this belief in one God who is creator of all the world. First of all, we should recognize his infinite greatness and our own nothingness, so to speak. You should learn to give him worship, the worship that is due to him, recognizing him as God, as your creator, the source of everything that you have. And you should learn to be obedient to his divine will, because there is no question that he will know better what you ought to do in your life. 
You should also live with an attitude of thanksgiving, an attitude of gratitude for everything that we, you have and the many blessings that he is constantly giving you and the fact that he is constantly protecting you from many dangers and things that he wants to avoid in your life. You should also learn to recognize, value, appreciate, and even defend the intrinsic dignity of all men created in the image and likeness of God with the power to love God and live with him for all eternity. You should also make good use of created things of all the world that is around you, using them for the glory of God and your salvation and the salvation of your neighbor. Even the things you possess are not for you to do whatever you want, but to use them for the glory of God and the well-being of those around you. You should also learn to depend entirely on His divine providence and learn to entrust yourself to Him, putting yourself as a child in the arms of His mother. It also means to trust in God in every circumstance and even in adversity. There's a great prayer written in the form of a poem of St. Teresa of Jesus, St. Teresa of Avila, that wonderfully expresses this truth. I will read it in English, an English translation, but I will put the original Spanish in the show notes for you to know what it looks like. She says like this, Let nothing trouble you. Let nothing frighten you. Everything passes by. God never changes. Patience obtains everything. Whoever has God wants for nothing. God alone is enough. We did speak about this point of depending on God's providence and trusting in his help on the episode number seven when speaking about the life of Father Walter Chishek. So to clarify a little bit this point, God is infinitely powerful, all-knowing, and infinitely loving. He has a plan for you, a plan for your salvation, a plan for the glory of God, and a plan for you to be happy forever with God. That is God's will. So if you are willing to let God lead your path, if you are willing to obey God's will to the best of your ability, you should recognize that He will lead you and all your paths will be safe to the end. There might be difficulties and sufferings, or if you want, uh, there will be difficulties and sufferings. But in the end, you will reach heaven, and you should know that all along the way, you are in God's provident, powerful, and loving hands. So you should not fear, even if the whole world and all the people around you are against you and against your salvation. Stay faithful to God, and He will be your defender, your safeguard, your protection, and He will always lead you to safety. As we read in Psalm 91, You who dwell in the shelter of the Most High, who abide in the shade of the Almighty, say to the Lord, My refuge and fortress, my God in whom I trust. He will rescue you from the fowler's snare, from the destroying plague. He will shelter you with his pinions, and under his wings you may take refuge. His faithfulness is a protecting shield. Though a thousand fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, near, near you it shall not come. Up to there, Psalm 91. 
It's a great prayer, great psalm to consider frequently and to pray especially in the times of difficulty and of uh, interior darkness. So that is about all for today. Thank you for listening to this episode on God, our Creator. God willing, next episode, as I briefly mentioned above, I will be interviewing Jennifer Fulweiler, who will talk about her conversion story and how she went from atheism to Catholicism. She's a Catholic comedian, podcaster, writer, and mother of, of six. So make sure you tune in for that episode. So thanks for joining me today. Remember to subscribe to this podcast, and if you can, please share this episode with your friends. If you want to support this podcast, please do leave a review in Apple Podcasts so others may be encouraged to listen to it as well. So we will see you next week. May God bless your day.